All right, everyone, welcome to the stream. Welcome to DeFinancial Fridays. As always, my name is Alfred from Diversified Capital. We got Raymond joining us again today. Happy hey, to be here. Raymond, how are you? Good, good. It's, uh, it's always Friday when we see everybody, <laughs> but same response. Looking forward to the weekend. Every single time. I mean, I think that's, again, I get so excited to have this show, talk about this show, uh, especially excited today. We got a guest joining us, uh, one of our favorite estate planning attorneys joining us to talk about uh, a newly passed proposition in California. We'll get to that in just a second. But uh, yeah, man, I mean, we are, at least as a company, a week away here from a little bit of a break. And yeah. uh, you know, I was talking to our team. I was like, maybe getting a little emotional that 2020 might be almost over and actually get into 2021, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm super excited about that. Yeah, same here. Yeah. Um, and so we've got uh, an exciting show coming up uh, uh, later in the show. Probably most of the show, we're going to spend some time talking about this new proposition that passed in California, Proposition 19. There's still so much to learn about it. But figured it'd be a good time for us to at least talk through the surface, talk through just some basic education on it. That's certainly the biggest question we've gotten all week from our clients. Uh, and as always, we like to share those with you. All right. Uh, but uh, as we get started here, we're going to jump into our market update. Uh, a couple cool things with IPOs that happened this week as well. Uh, but anything that we talk about right on our show in D financial Fridays is for education purpose only, especially from us, right? We're not seeking to be your personal financial advisor or providing personal financial advice right now, right? That's something that you're interested in. Reach out to us directly. Uh, but again, everything that we talk about right now is education only. I'm going to really emphasize the, the legal one here, right? Because we are going to be talking about uh, uh, some estate planning, uh, I'm not going to be acting as your attorney. I'm not an attorney, right? Raymond and I, uh, we're just talking about it from general learning and general education and not meant to be uh, uh, legal advice. Even as Mary comes on, who is our estate planning attorney, we'll go through this again, right? She's doing a favor for us to go through the learning and the education part. And because she doesn't know anything about your situation, right? She is also not out there providing legal advice uh, for you, right? You'd have to either reach out to her directly or our different estate planning contacts if these are the questions that you have, right? We're always just here making sure you're asking the right questions. But let's get started, right? Yeah. DoorDash and Airbnb. What is going on, Raymond? Those IPOs have gone nuts. Yeah. I mean, seeing how they have performed the very first day, they're down today, but still a huge increase from when they opened in the market. So, yeah. um, you know, showing the IPO market continues to be doing pretty well, right? I think mm -hmm. a lot of times with IPOs, you just don't see too many IPOs if there's a recession or the market's not doing well, but we did see DoorDash and Airbnb uh, go IPO this week. So a lot of exciting information there. And um, a lot of times when you see this happen, there might be a sell-off of other similar you know, industries or categories uh, just because now they want to diversify into different companies that offer the same type of services, which is what we saw here this week. So. Yeah. And and uh, I think uh, it's not just them, right? I mean, you have uh, uh, Palantir, Snowflake. I mean, just a lot of big names going public this year. And if you were to ask me my opinion of why, I mean, you probably have a situation where the companies, the venture capitalists, people who really funded these companies early on, maybe trying to push for that liquidity, maybe fearful of what COVID-19 and the, the recession may bring or potential recession may bring. So trying to capture this right now and get some of that money back uh, and do some more investing going forward. But certainly 
seeing a lot more than what I would uh, have in, uh, anticipated for Definitely. a year like this, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Have you checked your Twitter lately? Any news on this visor uh, authorization? Because apparently it's <laughs> supposed to come uh, any any hour now, right? Yeah, we've talked about this for weeks, and now there's finally going to be some news, or hopefully tonight, um, on that emergency authorization, right, by the FDA. So um, hopefully we'll we'll see some more news and some finalization uh, tonight, and get some more confirmation around the distribution of these doses, and hopefully you know see some normalcy sometime next year. So. I uh, agreed. I mean, it's uh, interesting. You were just mentioning Raymond right before that, uh, mm -hmm. right in the UK, they've already been uh, having people get <laughs> vaccinated, right? And so, um, and I think they're still going to learn a lot from it. Um, and but seeing that in the US, hopefully, provides some normalcy for people as it goes down the list of of who's important to be able to need mm -hmm. this and, and get this, right? Yeah. Um, probably the final item here, right? You're seeing, right? Uh, if you uh, uh, look at the ticker down below or just this uh, pop-up right now. Markets were down this week, right? And I think there's yeah. just a little concern still um, that one, uh, you know, of course, the the, the uh, vaccine is on the horizon, but hasn't uh, gone out yet. Uh, cases are still rising. But I think there's some concern that Congress hasn't passed a stimulus package yet. Yet in a lot of states, you're seeing shutdowns, you're seeing different things happen again mm -hmm. because of surges. And there is a a huge worry about how that's going to affect small businesses and just, you know, businesses all around. And, uh, you know, again, um, you know, that's going to be difficult, especially headed into what used to me, you know, probably is a time where people are spending a lot. And if they have to yeah. be at home, that that's going to have a huge impact on consumer spending. So I think the market's reacting to that a little bit. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, market update, fairly similar. We'll probably hope and wait till, you know, see next week if we get uh, some more, uh, uh, vaccine news. And if there is, we probably see a little bit of a bump in the market. But technically speaking, right, a lot of the market is overbought right now. And I imagine if there's any delay, more further delays in, in, in Congress, you might see some consolidation. Consolidation means that you might see some selling people just kind of being a little bit more reserved, right? Doesn't mean to get out of the market. But if you're asking us again about what we think for the next week or so, we might see that. All right. Okay, so uh, we've uh, had a guest before on our show, right? We're to talk about mortgage today. We get to have uh, a conversation again with one of our favorite estate uh, planning attorneys. She's amazing in terms of being able to explain to our clients, just like we do, focusing on the education, focusing on the ability for them to learn about the process instead of just telling them, go do this. And which is why we're such a huge fan. Uh, and today we have uh, Mary Long uh, bringing her onto the show. Mary, how are you doing? Hi, I'm great. Thanks so much for having me here. Of course, we love, uh, you know, you being able to take the time for us. We always work on the back end together with clients anyways. And this is a topic, right, that uh, has come up uh, fast and furious here yeah. after the uh, uh, election. And I know it's kept you very busy uh, uh, on your side. And mm -hmm. that is the California Proposition 19, right? And yes. so... Uh, and again, before I have you get started to explaining some of the basics, um, again, I wanted to put out there that whatever we're talking about right now, there's still so much developing around the guidance around Prop 19. Uh, people mm -hmm. are still learning about it. Estate planning attorneys are really trying to dig down and potentially get creative with this. So this is a disclaimer that this is based off what we know right now. 
We're trying to do this from an education perspective and just giving you our thoughts on this, right? And it's not meant to be specific legal advice, okay? But give us a little background of maybe what Prop 19 is and and how it affects previous propositions like prop 13 right how how like what are your take uh on this and and the background itself sure so we are really surprised and we i mean estate planning attorneys that prop 19 actually passed and prop 15 didn't and that's with the the commercial with the cost basis um so you're right we're all scrambling to figure out what actually um is prop 19 what it does um, it's been described as Prop 19 basically drew the lines of a coloring page, and now the Board of Equalization is trying to color it in. Mm. So there's a lot out there that we don't know. It just provides the structure of mm. it. Um, so again, you are right. A lot of this is still unknown, um, coupled with uh, the 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 change in presidency um, with what's going on. So yeah. everything's up in the air. So here's what I do know about Prop 19. Um, and before I dive into Prop 19, I think it's good that we go over what two propositions it really affects, which is mm -hmm. Proposition 13, that's everybody's favorite proposition, and Proposition 58, which kind of expands on Prop 13. Mm. Uh, so Prop 13, it was enacted in the 70s, and it's California's property tax structure. So in other states, it's property tax is, is assessed on market value, that's not so in California. Mm -hmm. In California, whenever there's a change of ownership on your real property, um, the property is assessed at 1% of the current market value. Mm. So first, what is a what constitutes a change in ownership? Well, a sale, a gift, and what a lot of people don't um, understand is also death. So death is also a change of ownership. I mean, there's a saying where you can't take it with you, right? And that's, that's yeah. true. So yeah. Uh, whenever there's a death, that constitutes as a change of ownership. So whenever there's a change of ownership, your property gets reassessed. Um, unless there's an exemption that applies, and I'll get that, I'll go into that later with Prop 58. Uh, so Prop 13 was passed because we were seeing these um, real estate uh, prices increase, and basically people can no longer afford to where, they, where they're living. Mm because they can't pay their property taxes. Right, right. Mm -hmm. So that's why Prop 13 was en enacted. And for homeowners, the longer you stay, the more beneficial Prop 13 is for you. Mm -hmm. Because after your home is, when, once you purchase it, it can only be reassessed um, at a cap of 2% based on the California Consumer Price Index. And at the rate that real estate is growing, which is 4% to 8% anywhere right. else, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. very valuable for us. Um, another thing with Prop 13 is if you're 55 or older, you can take your property tax basis with you if you move inside your county or participating county, but there's not many of those participating counties, and you buy a home that's at the same, equal, or less value. You can mm -hmm. actually carry your property tax over. So that's Prop 13 in a nutshell. Uh, Prop 58 um, allows the children to keep or inherit a parent's property, Prop 13 tax basis. Mm. Um, so from a state planning perspective, we always talk about how Prop 13 and Prop 58 can affect, you, affect your estate. Yeah. Um, so under the current rules of Prop 13, 
which is set to expire February 16th, 2021. So I'm talking about right now. It makes it so much more difficult for you and everybody right now trying to figure out what to do potentially before this deadline. Right, exactly. So right now, um, a parent can transfer a primary home of any value to their children and their Prop 13 tax basis carries over. The full thing. The full thing. There's no reassessment. Mm-hmm. Okay. In addition, each parent can leave up to $1 million of assessed value. So that's different from current uh, fair market value, but assessed value. And you can find the assessed value of your property uh, on those coupons that you get, the property tax coupons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like through your property. county, you can look it up and see what the like the assessed value yes. looks like. So that's basically $2 million per parent of assessed value um, that they can give to each child for additional properties. Mm. So your, your rental, commercial, family vacation homes, things like that. So that's, that's the current law. Prop 19 basically repealed Prop 58. Mm. Um, But let me go with the good stuff of Prop 19. There's some good stuff with it. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially if you're, you know, I think a lot of people on your shows are probably homeowners. That's why they're, they're tuning in right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you remember, I said under current laws for pop 13, if you're over 55, you can once in your lifetime, um, buy another home in the County that you live in of equal or less value and transfer your taxes over. Well, under prop 19, now you can do it up to three times mm. in any County. That's so huge. in any, in any yeah. County, um, and instead of it being equal or less, you can actually buy something more. You can upgrade. Mm. Um, and then there's a special calculation for that. You basically, you, you would inherit, you know, keep your, port your your current property tax over to the new home. And then you just pay the difference from the fair market value of what you sold the home with your new home. So just so the marginal that. amount above, just the marginal amount, just the, right. the amount above. Yeah. Right. Okay. So that that's also good. And also applies to uh, people with special, uh, severe disabilities or who have been affected by um, fire or um, other wildlife. wildlife. Which, which I mean, come on. Yeah, in the past couple of years, it's been huge here, right? Right. And and, and I think, you know, from the general reading of it, right, if it was being marketed on the yes side, that was a big part that they were pushing out, that this is going to benefit scenarios where, Right, you had a home that maybe was taken away from a wildfire. Now you have basically, quote unquote, a remodel, and maybe that had, would have traditionally triggered a reassessment. Right, mm-hmm. um, that right w- was seen as a, a benefit of Prop Nineteen. Right, right, yeah. um, and actually, you hit upon why this is so um, the so confusing for some people mm-hmm. and for us estate planning attorneys because for wildfires, is it retroactive? Or is it moving forward? Right. Guidance on that. What's a natural disaster? Yeah. Yeah. And then even what's fifty-five or older? So, to to, for a lawyer, if you're if you are fifty-five and one minute older, that's fifty-five or older. But if I ask you how old are you, you would say I'm my age. I'm I'm not fifty-six. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, we need guidance on that. Okay. The bad thing about (laughs) (laughs) it got rid of Prop fifty-eight. It got rid of it, basically. It left a very, very narrow exception. And that exception basically is um, a parent-to-child transfer of a home, either by gift or inheritance, um, 
can still allow that child to inherit their property tax. But first of all, it has to be a primary residence. So the, the parents must live there or at least check the home exemption box. If they are in a medical facility or a, um, assisted living and they're renting out their home, it doesn't count. Mm. So it has to be a primary residence for the parents. And two, the child must live there. They it has must, to be their primary residence yeah. as well in the future. Ha- yes. So mm-hmm. the child has to live there within a year. Within a year, they have one year to to at least go back and say, that's my home. They have to check the home exemption amount. Okay. Yeah. Um, so for a lot of us, you know, sometimes we inherit property. I don't know if you want to live in your parents' home. You mm-hmm. might live out of state. So that's mm-hmm. that's the first or, or how do you plan? How do you plan if that's going to be the case, if you need to make a decision on some of this? How do you plan on if that's going to be the case for your kids in the future? Right. So, I mean, holidays are coming up. <laughs> I think a lot of it is we have to have these family meetings. Yeah. Hey, hey, guys, who wants to live? Does anybody want to live here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it, and then I should say it completely got rid of. Uh, let me let me go first with the primary residence. OK, so one, the child has to live there. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, the child gets to inherit the assessed value. Then the next one million of fair market value that's not assessed. And then anything over above gets added in. So there's some cap on what they're actually getting to keep as a base. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, So that affects and that affects people who are thinking about this or have thought about this in the past where you had mentioned and as to our as planners understanding in the past, right, you can inherit it. There's no cap on the like the value, the property tax base that you're inheriting. But if we're talking about and again, in California, a lot of homes worth quite a bit, right? That could be an issue already where mm-hmm. uh, even if if this does happen, uh, it limits the amount uh, that the kids a- a- in a situation that it was their primary residence and it would be their kids primary residence. There's mm-hmm. still some limits there is what we're right. talking about. Yeah. Right. Right. And is there actually like a, a time frame of how long that they would have to stay in the home? I'm assuming that's probably one of the things that just have not been talked about yet. That's but a great question, Raymond. And we don't know. <laughs> they have to live. That'd I mean, I, I assume, yeah. you know, at least a year. That's that's great. But we don't know. We know that um, according to the Board of Equalization, legislature is meeting in January. Hopefully by then they'll hash out more details. But again, this Proposition 19 takes effect February 16th. Yeah. And I have to know if there's going to be deeds that have to be recorded. Um, February 16th is a Tuesday. February 15th is a holiday. It's President's Day. Mm-hmm. And I think the Friday before that is also a holiday. You know, you get that Friday and that you're, Friday. You already know exactly where the holidays are. Go, go. <laughs> <laughs> it's more for like, when do I need to get those deeds in? Exactly. Um, so, so basically, even though it's February 16th, if there's any some type of, you know, where we need to record the deeds, it's mm-hmm. for us, for attorneys, February 11th is the deadline. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, I think that what's makes this so difficult, right. Is, is, you know, uh, you've had me ping you a couple of times this week already about this questions because 
clients are asking, they're wanting to know answers, but in talking to experts, they don't have all the answers right, right. now. They have the framework to your point, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it's hard to understand the trade-offs because that's what's the problem here, right? There are trade-offs um, to be able to say, hey, you know what, I, I may, right? Let's say you fit a scenario that says, yeah, I, I think, you know, we, the, the kids are gonna keep this property, right? That, that low property tax is really enticing and you then decide to, in this conversation during the holidays, transfer the property to your kids. There are implications to that too, right? Mm -hmm. There are. And I think the biggest one is you lose control. Mm -hmm. If you were to, and and I don't, I say 99% of the time, I don't recommend this. Like if you were to gift your child that property right now in order to keep that low tax basis, yeah. keep in mind, you're you're losing any type of uh, depreciation that you might be um using that property for, um, you would lose control of it. So if your child decides to sell it and you're not ready, it's like, maybe it's the family vacation home. Yeah. You have no say in it. Yeah. It's no longer yours. And, and I think, and, you know, oftentimes Mary, like you have people who talk about like, or ask us like, how do you reduce like income tax or how do you save on property tax in this situation? Right. And they focus on, the, the tax portion of it. And, right. and they, they lose maybe sometimes the bigger picture to your point. The key thing is it's not yours anymore. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and that in itself, like should not be lost in this conversation that you as an audience watching right now, if you have this question, that's probably a good starting point is like, if, if you're as the kid talking about this with your parent, or you're the parent thinking about this for your kids, is there a readiness there to say, I'm going to transfer this property, right? Because that's that's a very difficult thing to say right now. Right. And you have to look at the the big picture. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to add with Prop 19, it, it gets rid of the whole $1 million um, assessed value where ad for additional properties. Oh, oh so yes. yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Commercial property, your your residential uh, rental. So a lot of people here, they, they have like a second property where they receive rent from it that goes away mm. in regards with keeping that that property tax basis yeah and then also to to go back to what you point out it's a trade-off between taxes some people are so focused on keeping that prop 13 they forget about the um step up in cost basis yeah that you would get so i, I don't know if you want to talk more absolutely. about that or, or absolutely I, I mean you're you're uh, and and number one, you can't get both at this point, right? The idea is, is someone I know asks you, how do I keep this low property tax and keep my step-up basis, right? And by the way, the step-up basis, which by, is, is something that applies to, you know, we talk about with clients that applies to whether it's real estate or stocks, right? Things yeah. that have appreciated in asset. And I think it goes back to the saying, and it's like death or taxes. Like this is true in this case, where it, which is if I bought something, uh, at a dollar and it's worth a hundred thousand dollars now and I passed away and, and left my daughter those you know that share of apple whatever it was okay there's a step up there in cost basis what it means is the gains that I had with it passed away with me is the way that I like to describe it mm -hmm. and when my daughter inherits it uh, if she decided on the next day that she wanted to sell the shares uh, she sells it, they look at the tax basis and it's equal to the data inherited is $100,000 was her cost basis. So she doesn't have to pay capital gains tax if she had sold it the same day, technically, right? right. 
And that happens with the house, right? If, if the house was something bought 20 years ago in the Bay Area, right? And it was bought for a couple hundred and it's worth $2 million now, you're now asking the question, if I transfer it today, you potentially lose out on that step up basis because in, in a situation where you transfer, you could be transferring the cost basis to the kids themselves. Even they may be able to get the lower property tax. Now you have a trade off of the capital gain. Exactly. And that that's what happens if you gift your property right now to, to your child. Not only do you lose control, they inherit your cost basis. Mm -hmm. So which one do you want? I don't know. <laughs> and, and that's 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 such a hard that's thing. Good. Right. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, you could probably run the math to say like, okay, if there's, you know, uh, and this is, you know, something that we're thinking about is like, all right, like how much capital gains is in the property? How long? And like, if, if you are someone, and, and that's the other thing, right? You know, uh, if you, if you do the transfer and you, you keep the, the, the property tax low, you would also have to imagine that that would be a conversation you would have had that this is a property you're keeping in the family, that it's not something that you're selling for the property exactly. tax. Uh, 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 being low to actually pay off over time, right? Exactly. Right? Um, because it would, I, it would be, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, a tough strategy to say we've did this transfer, and then you know the the parents pass, and all of a sudden you're like, you know what, I want to sell it anyway. Then all of a sudden you're not getting the, the the benefit of the lower property tax, and now you lost out on the step up basis. Like that would be a double whammy there. Right. Right. Yeah. So and. And to add to that, if you want that step up in cost basis, you know, you keep it with you, um, that in order for it to be, uh, for you to get a step up, it has to be included in your taxable estate. Mm -hmm. well, well, right now you can gift up to during your life and upon death up to 11.58 million. That's mm -hmm. this year. Next year, it's 11.7. Mm -hmm. That amount is set to go down to 6 million. Sub, you know, with inflation in 2026, and there's talks that it might go as low as 3.5 million in the new in the new uh, uh, administration. administration yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that that's another thing. You know, if you want to keep that step up in cost basis, and right now your home is worth 10 million dollars, and you're like, well, when I die, my kids they can inherit without have you know the capital gains. Well, guess what? You you might also have to pay state tax on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So again, that's why I'm saying there's just so many different things we have to think about. And I think that's what concerns me and, and why we brought you on the show, Mary, is that I, I'm hearing a lot of decisive things out there like this is what you should do. And I'm like, how the heck do you know that that's what you should be doing? It's so difficult to determine that. Uh, and, you know, in doing our due diligence, even trying to weigh all of what we know today, I think it's very difficult to make that decision. Right, right. Right. And, 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 you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's where if you, if you don't have that starting point that we talked about, that you're not ready to give away that asset anyway, I think that would be then very difficult to further that conversation from there, right? Like it, the asset and the income, right? Yeah. So some people, they have that extra property that gets rent and they need that money for, for their income. But if you give it away to your, your children, not only do you lose control, you you lose that income that you might get yeah. from. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I don't know that uh, you know for the time's sake today that we're able to, you know, make definitive answers. And I think the goal was not to do that. I think the goal here is to kind of show you those that are watching the complexities around Proposition 19, the trade-offs, right? Some of the facts that are there, right? It's the the structure that is there. 
Um, but I mean, Mary and I and Raymond talked about this. Like, if this is a concern, you have to reach out to a professional to evaluate the full picture. And yeah. even then, you still have to weigh the pros and cons to say whether this makes sense or not. Definitely not a DIY. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, and so clients that are watching this of ours, right? If you guys have uh, uh, questions that have come through, um, please ping us on it. Uh, Mary, I know you are packed all the way through this right now, uh, getting into it. But we do have some additional contacts uh, that can help with this, that do have some time to help with this right now. So reach out to us. Uh, but again, for those of you are watching, we wanted to thank you for joining us. I wanted to thank Mary for joining us. Mary, respectful of your time. I know you have a 3.30 to get to, right? And so uh, we really appreciate having you on, you. giving us and the audience a little bit of insight on um, you know, just some of the complexities around this issue. I, was it clear as mud? Uh, I mean, I think I walked away with it with more information than I came in. So that's oh, good. And so, uh, again, thank you, Mary. We'll have you again soon, hopefully, to talk about a different topic. Uh, but uh, we hope you have a great Friday and a good holidays if we don't chat with you. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. All right. Thank All right. you. All right. Again, that's Mary Long from Long Law. She's a wonderful contact of ours. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, thank you so much for joining us. All right. We are out of time. As I mentioned, this is going to take up most of the yeah, show. Uh, and I hope you guys that are watching learn something from this. If you guys are watching this on demand, feel free to reach out to us afterwards if you guys have questions. Next week, all right, we got uh, another fun topic to talk about. Uh, it'll be something where we discuss student loans, okay? And so, yeah. <laughs> can you sound a little bit more excited, Raymond? Come on. Um, but uh, we're going to go talk about some of the ins and outs of student loans, how to think about student loan refinancing, uh, give you our thoughts, as well as our guest speaker's thoughts, who's in uh, the student loan lending field. Uh, he's one of the pioneers of that in the area. Area, started a bunch of programs for doing so at the uh, uh, companies that he worked for. So we're excited to have him on. Um, and that's again next week, Friday at 3 p.m. And again, unless we're off every Friday at 3 p.m. streaming to you for D Financial Fridays. Okay. Um, Raymond, thank you. Uh, we'll talk again next week. Uh, and we got, again, hope that uh, our audience will join us again then as well. Looking forward to it. Thanks, okay. Alfred. Have a good See one. You.